Any great warrior is also a scholar and a poet and an artist. Steven Seagal. You want to fight? We'll give you a fight. Welcome to Fightcast. Good evening, ye old fight fanatics. How's everybody doing out there in Fightland? This is Fightcast. I am David. Uh, I am here with a couple of really good friends of mine uh, who are fellow performers at the Minnesota Renaissance Festival. The regular listeners know that I am a street performer out here, and I've performed some stage combat as well, and it has been a very unique and, shall I say, rewarding experience. Uh, I'm here with John Zock. Uh, please say hello. Hi, how's everybody doing? It's great to be out here. Oh. And and uh, Tony Ulfbert, as I have chosen to, pro- <laughs> I'm not going to pronounce it. That no, way. it's it's good. Yeah, huh? how's how's everyone doing? Excellent, excellent. Um, and uh, these two gentlemen are. I wanted to talk to them this evening uh, because they are both members of the Order of the Acorn, a new performance group out here. Let's uh, get nutty. Woo! <laughs> Let's get nutty. <laughs> You guys have clearly thought about this. I like it. Oh, and by the way, uh, listeners, uh, that, that that sound that you're hearing, you're going to have to just kind of roll with it because uh, it's a hookah, and um, this is the Renaissance Festival, and uh, Tony apparently had this in a little case with him, ready to go at any moment. You know, got to be prepared. <laughs> So, listeners, um, if that, that repeated bubbling sound you're hearing is uh, absolutely not anything illegal. I can attest to that. It is a hookah, and um, uh, our, you'll have to deal with our dose, dulcet tones alongside that little distraction. So let that be the last we say of it. Uh, anyway, uh, your guys, uh, your, um, your performance group, The Order of the Acorn, is uh, a, this is your first year doing this. Uh, what, are you, uh, what are you experiencing with it so far? Uh, well, it's actually been quite nice. Uh, yeah? I before wasn't able to roam around quite as much on the festival grounds, and being a complete street act, we have free reign throughout the day. Yeah, you've been a performer here at the Renaissance Festival, though, in the past. Though. Right, this is my third year uh, coming up, so, yeah. Excellent, excellent. And you were with the Viking encampment before. Correct, yeah. Really good time with them. I absolutely love my time with the Vikings. Um, I could have parted on a better note when I did. And they're still friends to this day, so we we enjoy interacting with each other now. Excellent. And, you know, those of us on the street, like, we're all part of the... We're all in a shared universe, and we all love to come and fuck with each other. Exactly. And, uh, and John, I mean, you're also no... uh, This is not your first year either. No, this is not my first. Um, This is my second year out here, actually. Last year, I just sort of... I was with the Front Gate group during the morning show and really enjoyed my time getting to play up there and that's when I really got to know Carl telling bad jokes back and forth from the gate to uh, the listeners he's referring to my character out here uh, Carl von Heidelberg the uh, you know dandyish uh, German mercenary oh Carl <laughs> what what do you want oh you know what I want <laughs> <laughs> you want to fight, but you, I'm not going to give it to you this Why time. Why not? You because don't. you don't deserve it. You're beneath me. Anyway. Ah. <laughs> no, um, so I, I'm really anxious to know, like, uh, this is a this is a podcast about fighting, and, um, you know, we're going to be kind of centric about this in this kind of conversation. Sure. Uh, so, uh, John, you uh, are uh, not a 
you're you're not a beginner in the realm of stage combat either. You've been doing this for a little while. No, no. Um, I've recently worked a lot, very hard in the past year specifically to really up my skills as an actor combatant and really learn how to perform with a weapon in a way that's both compelling and tells a story that people want to see and really allows you to move as a person and hopefully move somebody in an audience as well. Yeah, absolutely. So what brought you to stage combat in the beginning? Like, were, were, you, were you always interested in performing or...? Well, I was a, a theater major in college yep. and went through that whole thing, got a theater performance degree there, and it, it's always been a part of me. And I'll, I'll, through a long series of events, I sort of moved away from theater, got a job in the IT world, worked there for a while, and just wasn't finding it very compelling or fun. Yeah. So I was looking through Minnesota Playlist, which is a great site if you're looking for auditions in the Twin Cities area. Yeah, free plug, by the way. Um, and saw an audition for Human Combat Chess, uh, which is a show by Six Elements Theater that they put on every spring, I believe. Um, and auditioned, got in initially as a non-actor, non-combatant, and then somebody happened to drop out and I got a fight. And that Aha, Klingon promotion. Huzzah! Yeah. <laughs> you didn't make this happen in any way. Wink, wink. Anyway, <laughs> I don't know. No, I... no. It, it was really great working with you, man. Uh, by the way, we were both in the Human Combat Chess 2016. 2016 show? last yeah. year, All Star Edition. All Stars. We were teammates on the Phoenix. 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 Uh, no, it was, I, I, it, that, that is a singular experience, I think, working on that show, you know, mm -hmm. uh, because, um, you're, uh, y you're, you're yourself, but you're like the star athlete version of yourself, you know, it's a, uh, all of our characters are, you know, we're all, we don't change any of our names, we don't, like, change our personas radically unless you're talent and you put on a mask. <laughs> He didn't do it this year. <laughs> no, he didn't do it this year. That's what I noticed. Um, love you, Talon, by the way, if you're listening. Uh, but, you know, uh, you're, you're trying to portray yourself as a very specific type of, like, uh, skilled fighter. You know, you're more like the star MMA fighter these days than you are, like, a medieval knight, I guess. At least in that show, you know? In that show, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and that show is really a brilliant expose of how you can display specific skill with a weapon on a stage and really make it compelling to watch the arc of a characters hopefully throughout the course of a sporting event yeah 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 you you were you were fanciful you were like the, <laughs> you were like my character in fest but in chess that was fun <laughs> no it really was um uh those of you who saw the show uh john had a really fantastic small sword fight and I, small sword is one of those weapons. Like I got very little experience in. I, I have I, I've never taken a workshop class right. on it. I've never like I've, I've never tried to qualify for it in the sure, SAFD. Sure. You know. So what what are what are the points about working with small sword that really appeal to you or like that you find cool? Well, it's the most it's the most specific weapon. I have to say, um, stealing words from people I know and love and teachers that I are dear to me, uh, Mike Lubke, Amy Root, the people like that, uh, certified instructors with the Society of American Fight Directors, is really 
the specificity of the work that you need to do with Small Sword in order to make that weapon sell to an audience and really have them understand what you're trying to do, how lethal this weapon actually is. Oh, and, yeah. And in the end, how specific you need to be and safe, too, because odds are, even if you're good at this thing, it's probably going to kill you. Oh, absolutely. I mean... That that period, those kind of period films, and um, that that entire milieu is one that really fascinates me because mm -hmm. it was kind of like it was at that cusp in history where it was kind of the decline. I mean, the sword had been in decline for some time, yeah. you know, giving way to firearms, mm -hmm. but you still had people that um, were highly specialized. You know, they still fought duels with this weapon. Oh, absolutely, duels were fought with these all the time. Honestly, there was. In the in in France, the aristocracy. Hi guys. Hi. In France, the aristocracy actually had a problem with they were losing too many noblemen yeah. in duels because they kept killing each other with a small sword. <laughs> Sorry, I'm gonna I'm gonna edit that out. You can you can repeat that last part. Here Which part? Uh, what you were just talking about. Okay. Um. In France, they actually had to pass laws in order to stop the noblemen from dueling with these small sword weapons because they had a problem keeping enough noblemen alive to keep the aristocracy a thing in France. Yeah. Something like 40,000 noblemen died in a very short period of time. I, I want to see the arguments that these guys, these guys got into in order to have a duel. <laughs> I mean, it must have taken very little, right? Oh, yeah. Like, you just step on a guy's shoe or something like that, and all of a sudden you're fight to the death because we're, we wear powdered wigs and we're somehow better than everybody else, but at the same time we'll kill over the slightest little thing. I saw Three Musketeers. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, switching gears for a second, Tony, um, you, I know you have experience with actual combat training, but do what, would you have experience in stage combat? None, absolutely none. None? It actually, it was funny you say that. It's yeah. one of the hardest things I had. I learned a knife fight, or I tried to learn a knife fight, yeah. and I couldn't do it yeah. because I had spent so many years learning how to actually knife fight yeah and then i've heard that can be an impediment right yeah. so i'm doing these moves that look amazing but would be nothing like what would you want yeah. to do yeah um and i i couldn't actually get the choreography down because like muscle memory kept kicking in so yeah I, I didn't ever learn that fight <laughs> you're too effective goddamn it something like that <laughs> no i mean i i guess uh for you, at least, I mean, at least in the media that you've kind of consumed and, uh, and and the films that you've seen, maybe, has there been something that, like, really speaks to you, like, that looks both effective and is portrayed in a really visually compelling way? Like, or has nobody gotten it right? No, I mean, I... I... I used to manage movie theaters, so I consumed a ton of movies. And medieval yeah, movies yeah. are my jam. The, yeah. the bad ones, the good ones, all of them. Yeah. Um, and watching the fights in those, it wasn't until the second year I was out at the Renaissance Festival that I started paying attention to things like that because all of a sudden I could be doing that. I could be repeating this yeah. with other people for entertainment. Um, once I started picking it up and, and paying attention in the movies, I started noticing the good ones and yeah. the bad ones. Yeah. So, so what are some? Uh, what are? Some, let's start off with the worst ones. What are some of the worst ones in your opinion? In your personal well, opinion, just some of the really your high, personal expert opinion. High fantasy <laughs> and um, like you know, Dragonheart Four, or whatever. Dragonheart Four. <laughs> really low budget, but you know they're there. Yeah, uh, yeah, their yeah. Fights yeah. are just terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. High fantasy, everything is very showy, and it's just wrong. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when there's magic. Excalibur. 
Oh, oh my god. Oh, it's, that movie is so dated. I, what was it I went back and watched? It? it was Camelot or The, La the Last Night, like 1982. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that I haven't seen. Terrible King Arthur movie. I mean, things look nice, especially for 1982, but watching the lines, the dialogue, and the fights. Yeah. Really fun. Ooh. Uh, and, and, uh. <laughs> uh, Richard Gere, I wouldn't expect him. I mean, yeah, Richard <laughs> Gere, yep. Taekwondo officer and a gentleman, yeah. <laughs> because <laughs> the U.S. Navy totally teaches Taekwondo, right? Yeah. Um, so, what are some of the better ones, do you think? Like, so any that have jumped out to you in terms of, like, that's effective I, but compelling? I know this is your favorite one, so it's easy to say, but Kingdom of Heaven. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, yeah. that stuff was so visually stunning to watch, but it felt real. Yeah. I, there, there was something about it that tapped into a very visceral vein for me. Yes. Like, um,. Anytime, anytime I see a character do a up close, like double uh, reinforced, uh, slow cut across a person, that kind of gets me on a different level than say if you just like quick stab done over, you know, go right or the clang 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 it's, I've won. But like right at the very beginning of Kingdom of Heaven, what I really appreciated is that like Liam Neeson goes through the whole yeah the the blade isn't the only part of a sword. You can, as a matter of fact, punch through. Him. Fuck your skull uh, yes. with the the quion or the cross guard of your longsword, and also you can reinforce your cut and just have decapitate someone by just dragging it to the other side. It was it was really brutal choreography, mm -hmm. you know. Well, I think it's interesting because a lot of people forget with broadsword is it's this really long three foot three foot sharp stake that you can do whatever you want with. It's not really that sharp, so if you're wearing a gauntlet, you can probably grab it mid-sword and yeah. do all the, the reinforced parries that David was talking about. But really, is they would really get the fuck in there and try to take the other motherfucker with the, the, the fort of the sword right across the throat, trip them, bash them in with the pommel, do whatever they could. It was wrestling with oh, a three-foot-long yeah. needle. Uh, oh, man, the grappling skills that knights had, nobody really, really appreciates that. I mean, mm -hmm. you think that there's just, I'm going to get a pretty nice, pretty thrust through the eye slit. No, dude, you're no, going to have to take him all the way down. They were trying to wrestle you down and then thrust it through your eye while you're on the ground and then do whatever they can. Another, another, any eye trauma, like any horror movie gets me like, Ugh, like that. Um, so, yeah, so uh, any other, did you ever see the movie Ironclad, by the way? Yes. Oh, fucking Ironclad. Did you see it? First one, one was one great. Where they go in the castle with the, the one. Yeah, night. James Pierfoy. Yes, yeah. Oh my god. Okay, so fucking Ironclad. Uh, listeners, by the way, I'm gonna have to do a standalone episode on Ironclad because it's just so goddamn Make good. Make a double episode. Do one <laughs> and two. I've not seen two though. It's gonna be a real short review. <laughs> I direct a video for oh, a reason, so, I guess. Right? It's rough. Oh man, but like, okay, so listeners, uh, just a little background. Ironclad is this movie with James Pierfoy who played uh, Mark Antony in Rome. And uh, a few other people, uh, fucking, uh, not Brendan Gleeson, who am I thinking of? Brian, uh, Brian Cox, Brian Cox, uh, who pronounces Scotch. So Brian Cox and these other actors, uh, as well as one of the dudes from the uh, original British version of The Office, did this movie called Ironclad, which was about the siege of Rochester Castle in England shortly, which was a real event, real event, that happened uh, shortly after the signing of the Magna Carta. Now, uh, the idea is that King Richard brings a bunch of mercenaries from Europe, and, uh, is it, is it Richard or King John? King John. 
Sorry, it's John. I was right. It was it was John. I, history buffs are gonna fucking bombard my inbox if I don't get this right. So King, King John lays <laughs> basically lays siege to Rochester Castle, and that is the movie. It was like it's like the Magnificent Seven medieval style. Um, yeah, but there's one of them. <laughs> there's one of what? Isn't there only like one night in the castle? Or is there like oh, well, the ta- one technical night, but there's seven at least seven really good fighters, and they kind of right. spend a little bit of the movie gathering people like that. Right. The choreography in that movie was a similar mix, I think, of flashy, but uh, at times when it had to be unbelievably viscerally brutal. Like oh, the, yeah. the fight was... with the Templars, who are vo- sworn to a vow of silence at the very beginning of the movie, set the tone for the entire film. Uh, ugh, fucking talk about this for a second because it was really fucking good. Well, I, I don't know the the most interesting thing about that film because I'm more of a prop maker myself. Yeah. So like the fights were great. They were over the top with the gore. Where that was the big difference between say this movie and Kingdom of Heaven. Like one felt yeah. more real and not over the top. The other one was really pretty to watch though. Yeah. Um, but from a prop making perspective, they they messed up a lot of things in that Did movie. Did they? Like what? The simplest things, like castle walls and stuff like that. They wouldn't look like raw stone. They would be finished and they would be nice, even if it were a castle it's that had sat around. out and yeah. like sanded and shit. So for effect, they always do these like cobblestone stacks of walls and and whatnot. Yeah. Um, things like that. The the men that they had coming. Uh, their whole wardrobe was off by a hundred or so years. Really? And they were portrayed to be like, you know, they're not actually coming from Norway and Sweden and Dane or whatever, but yeah. they're portrayed to be Danes yeah. and whatnot. That was all interesting. So centuries early or centuries late? Early. Early. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. You know, they could be retro. They could be I have throwbacks, like I guess, right? Uh, what, what I what I kind of really dug about that was the longsword choreography, cause, because well, it kind of they set it up so well too, because the first time he really pulls out his longsword is like an oh everything's going to hell moment, <laughs> and then it just goes, and I believe that they take the sound away for a minute too, um, where, I w- where it does that like ear ringing thing, and then it's just him going to town with his longsword, you know, and at the end he looks around and... The the, ba- the the thing that sold it for me and that I really loved is that he screamed, clear in front, and then swung yeah. it down so that everybody knows, oh shit, you know. I mean, I play a Lundsconnect character out here at Fest, and one of the things that would just, like, I, in the, my refining of the character, what I would really love to do is have a Zweihander. You know, the big seven-foot-long sword and everything like that. But, like, that is the reality of it, is that these guys had to use these weapons in conjunction with the fact that your your guys are around you at the same time. You have to make sure that nobody's going to get decapitated on your fucking backswing, right? Uh, so those little touches really get me, too. I mean, uh, the, the, the long sword versus kind of, like, uh, Bardiche great axe fight at the end of it I thought was I thought really I I dug that Uh, the guy who did the uh, who was the who played the leader of the uh, Danes I guess was also the guy who was in um, 13th Warrior 13th Warrior yes he was leading the the Norwegian or the the team the 13th yes I loved that little shout out too I mean I always wondered what happened to that guy after that film because I didn't see him in much 13th Warrior where they were skiing through the thing and they do all these no that's um Oh, oh, I love the fights in that What is movie. that? Uh, it's the Swedish, like... Pathfinder? No, no not Pathfinder. The, it's the Berkerbiners. Yeah, with um, it, with Tormund from Game of Thrones, isn't it? Uh, probably. I think that so. That would be something Tormund. Christopher Hivyu, I believe, his name is. I, the Last King, maybe? 
Yeah, that sounds right. I think so because there's the Last Kingdom that's on Netflix. Nail people in the face with javelins and shit. Oh, I have not seen that movie yet. Thanks for spoiling it, jerk. Yeah, well, everybody dies. (laughs) Oh no! Can confirm. Yes, we got it right by sheer happenstance. (laughs) Um, But no, uh, coming back to kind of the present day here. So, uh, what are you really digging about the Order of the Acorn? Uh, What is uh, first of all, like what what is kind of the the focus of your group? Well, the idea came up for a children's group specifically uh, tailored towards boys. Obviously not just for boys, but something a bit more boyish. Cause, yeah. You know, out here we have quite a few attractions for the ladies, and that's fine. Um, but it was something that was brought to us that we wanted. It was kind of a kid's group at the beginning, since most of us have been out here. It didn't turn into a 100% kid's group. Yeah. Um, but the, the pitch was really like gym bros in the Renaissance period. <laughs> Um, and then it has evolved from that to be mostly that in a better way. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. And another thing that we got lucky enough to do was a show that we do at 2.15 on the Bear stage every day right now. It might change. Check the grid, please. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Minnesota um, Renaissance Festival playing through October 1st, 2017. Um, anyway, we, we were doing a show. So it was originally something... Yeah, so originally we were going to try to teach kids how to use these wooden swords and kind of run them through a few things, and, you know, kids love that stuff, and it's it's good. Never so, too early to start teaching the basics of hand-to-hand combat. Exactly. <laughs> so half of the team would be working with the kids, the other half of the team would be working with the kids' parents, making it, you know, funny and more adult. Mm-hmm. So that changed. All of it changed. There was a lot of insurance stuff that popped up. Which one do you want? But what we ended up doing was a bit more of an actual fight. So I was lucky enough to have a pair of really, really well-versed fighters in the team that ended up coming together. Yeah. And John was the the one of one of the big ones of those, and he kind of wrote the show, and he's doing phenomenal. Yeah. So it's a dueling acorn show, I believe it's yes, called. Yes, it's called dueling <laughs> the acorns. Dueling acorns, yeah. <laughs> Our unruly squires have once again gone away and lost their chivalry. So once again. We must put on the chivalry demonstration. It's, it's like firing up the old educational film in phys ed class. I told them so many times. It's Neville the Knave and Eduardo the Confused. <laughs> Best squires ever. Uh, you just need to teach them. Well, we're working on it. Um, one show a day for seven weeks. <laughs> one show a day for seven weeks. <laughs> And I hope they learn it. If they don't, they're going to be stuck little nuts forever and not rise into mighty, strong oaks (laughs) of our order. Excellent. And by the way, uh, the uh, lovely and talented and amazing for cooking dinner, Kirsten Wade is here with us right now. Say hi, Kirsten. Hi. Oh, are you recording? Yes, I am (laughs) recording. (laughs) I'm recording an impromptu podcast. This is what's happening Oh, this is fantastic. Isn't it, though? Um, I came here with some po'boy Philly (gasps) cheesesteaks. Oh, my Um, God. Oh, my God. They look so good. Anyways. I love you. (laughs) Excellent. Um, uh, So, uh... I don't think he's kidding. How is the... So, so, that was... How has the show evolved for you guys? I mean, we're about three weekends into it. Like, how is it? How has it evolved from the first weekend all the way to now? Because no act stays unchanged, you know. Especially a new act, you know, that's out here for the first time, you know. Although you did, you guys did have a bit of a dry run at Ren in the Glen. Yes, we did. Um, we didn't do our show out there, but that was a really good cohesive experience of our team getting to know each other and really learn. Yeah. What it is to move and work as a group. 
Yeah. Yeah. And then um, we've been really, it's been interesting because what the show has been for me is really learning how to translate street fights here at the festival and yeah. really um, try to look at making them have a draw of people and really get them to see the swords flash and people do the yeah. thing that we all love to see so much. And, and, you know, because we often take it for granted because uh, when people clash swords and make that lovely ringing sound mm -hmm. that stage steel does, yeah. you know, we, we often call it in the, in the biz, we call it the dinner bell, you know, mm -hmm. because patrons just come and flock to it or, you know, uh, crowds just form. Uh, people want to see what's going on with that. You like the bell? My favorite's the schling. The oh schling. God. <laughs> the schling. Um, when you, basically what I'm talking is when you catch a, a nice uh, rapier in a cut, on a, coming in on a cut in a parry and yeah. bind it through and you just throw that away and you feel, you just hear it. And that crescendo like, is just, it's, it, 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 it's, it's nice. It's, you know? to, to analogize it to modern day sports, it's like when an NBA player shoots a, a shot and it swishes through the swish. net and you get that swish sound. Exactly. It's like that, but with swords and it's, it's so much the, more satisfying. I, it, to... An analog, I think, is uh, you know, there's a there's a Japanese martial art called yabusame, mm -hmm. which is a horseback archery. You know, a formalized, stylized, or horseback archery. I say stylized because it's you know it, culturally very specific. So but like with the yari and or the the big bows. The yeah yeah. The yari? No, yari is the spear. The spear Yumi, yeah, Yumi, Yumi, I think is you're it. thinking of. Yep. Um, but you know, these guys ride at high speed past these targets and they're shooting at these wooden blocks and they have to do it in a very. I mean, is there's a very prescribed way of doing. Laura Croft does that in a movie. <laughs> really? Yeah, like I think it's one of those. I, it's I, the second. I missed one Raider, of the Tomb Raider movies. Missed one of them. Uh, but but <laughs> we are we've just been joined by Mariah Lamkin by the way as well. Uh, say hi. Greetings. You're on a podcast now, by I the way. Heard. I hope you're okay oh, with that. Oh, fine. Excellent. Thank you. We have your consent on record. Yes, uh, I consent heartily. But no, one of the things that people talk about with this. Uh, one of the things that people talk about with this uh, art form of Yabusame is that you ride past, and it's not just about hitting the target with your bow as you're riding past at high speed, but it's about uh, the, the noise you make mm -hmm. as the arrow hits the wooden target and shatters it, you know? Yeah. They, they say that that voice is pleasing to the gods, you know? So I completely get that. It's a long-winded kind of analog, but uh, it, it, it makes sense, to me at least. Great sounds in combat and sports... It's just, history. It's a sensory it's experience, it too. Oh and, and, and there's nothing, yeah, there's nothing quite like it being right there, live with you in the moment. You know. Uh, by the way, since we're talking about our experience and everything, Mariah, have you? Uh, what, what is your stage combat experience, if any? Oh goodness, um, I don't have much of a background in stage combat. I took like that one class with um, Lubke, our local teacher in Longsword. That's Mike Lubke, by the yeah. way, uh, uh, certified teacher with the SAFD. Um, yeah. But my history is actually more in um, HEMA yeah. and Judo. Okay. Um, so I have more of like martial arts sort of experience. So the, the transition to stage combat is um, at times challenging. I probably should not have gone into broadsword first. Yeah. Because I had so many bad habits from HEMA. Like, yeah. You know, hitting too hard, too fast, not slowing down, not like viewing <laughs> people. Raya, um, you gotta actually not try to hurt them. Well, and it was really, really unfortunate <laughs> because I was paired with another person who was also a stage combat virgin who also had a HEMA background. So we had a lot of very 
well, close calls, and we ended well, up Well, I mean, that's got to be at least easier on someone, because don't you share kind of a nomenclature I mean, with well, it? Well, and that's the thing. I feel like the fight was believable, but it was dangerous. Yeah, um, okay. So, like, I would love to go up against him in a HEMA arena with, like, full armor. That'd be cool. I would rock him. I mean, I no, know, I no know doubt. he hits hard, but no. I would rock his shit. That'd be funny. Uh, but, but yeah, no, I, I am, um, I'm really passionate about stage combat, specifically yep. advocating the community here. Yeah, like trying to build it up. And, There's been, it's been a growing one here in the Twin Cities. It's really you know? exciting, just yeah. to see like as many people are interested and in, and to see the the knowledge base grow. Yeah. Absolutely, you know. Uh, so last year, you know, stage uh, street fights were. Um, I, I feel like they kind of proved their concept here, you know. Uh, I, I I don't know because like I know that you have acted, uh, Mariah and John have acted as marshals for these uh, fights before, you know. Um, and the one concern with them is that always is that are we going to be able to present kind of a fully packaged theatrical product? to an audience in such a short amount of interaction time, in such a short amount of setup, like, uh, uh, in 2016, in the 2016 season, like, I wrote out a couple of scenes with my fight partners and everything, and I had these kind of, there was dialogue, and there was a little, there there was a little bit of a a plot in on it, I tried to pack as much exposition to as small amount of uh, space as possible, but, like, I don't know if that translates to the audience, necessarily, you know, are they, are they gonna give a damn about either one of these combatants, you know, like, is, is the dialogue that I wrote, I, are they gonna even hear it auditorily, or... Mm. (laughs) Well, and, and you're really, you're really truly performing in the round, but you're performing in the round in a place that sucks up sound. You're competing with half a dozen other groups or hawkers or shops or what have you. Mm-hmm. So it's an incredibly challenging thing um, to do, both you know from a writing standpoint, like how do I package something that people can get invested in, mm-hmm. but how do I also make it like brief? Yeah. Um, there was a group that used to be out here, uh, Tom Jones and his partner did a group called Nature of Mercy, and they were incredible. Um, and they actually basically did a full stage show with stage combat, um, mm-hmm. whips and, and rapier combat mostly, totally on street. They had a stage show, but like they did it on the street, and it was really remarkable to watch, so it's really heartening um, to come back and see that there's a future for that mm. sort of interaction, and yep. that that's being like picked up and appreciated again. True, true. I mean, it, it really helps to have the context of an established stage show when you're kind of uh, uh, trying to present uh, stage combat as an art form. You know, uh, what, I, what, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I truly agree with you that statement, David. I, I, I love the people that do the street thing, and it's it's wonderful to see what they can do. But my personal opinion is that if people want to see stage combat, they need to know when it's going to happen and where it's going to happen and then be able to come and see the thing. Or um, there needs to be so much of it that it's happening for people yeah. to catch all over. And that's kind of a, a different end of the spectrum. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and I mean, one of the things we've started to look at at this festival at Minnesota is like these momentary, brief, you know, like unarmed phrases, which I think it's... It's a sound principle in terms of creating a fertile environment for stage combat to grow, but in terms of the actual load and the impact for our audience, it's almost like a non-sum. Like, it happens and then it's gone, and it's not necessarily a spectacle, and you need to have that spectacle Mm -hmm. 
in order for people to pay attention. Th- th- that's not to say that that's not to say that um, it cannot be done. Uh, one a very effective uh, piece that I that I have seen out here is uh, uh, Mike Lubke and. Um, Tom Ringberg, yes. Uh, they they, they have a. Piece. What I really love about that is that um, it, it it sort of serves. By the way, uh, just to set the stage for you listeners, um, what what kind of happens is that an argument develops between uh, Mike Lubke's character, uh, 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 Donald McBain, and uh, Tom Ringberg's character, Benedict from the Throne of Swords, and uh, they have a they 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 escalate to a, to a confrontation, but uh, and they they have an exchange of swordplay, but. Benedict then decides that it's not interesting enough, so they <laughs> set up across a couple of benches a wooden beam where they then have to stand on and balance on and have a sword fight. And this serves as uh, this entire confrontation, which, by the way, the choreography, very nice. <laughs> uh, and very... if you're interested in seeing it, it's at about 2 o'clock p.m. in front of the Throne of Swords. I think there's a Thank second you. showing at 6. I think so, too. Um, Excellent. Definitely. So, listeners, if you go to the Minnesota Renaissance Festival, please check the Throne of Swords out at those times, just because it, even just because it's a really awesome attraction. Um, but the idea with this is that they had this confrontation, and that gets an audience's attention, and they are suddenly interested. And then they mention that, hey, there's a trivia contest starting in the pub right now, and lo and behold, well, and, yeah. and what's what's really brilliant about their particular um, scene is that there's almost no front-loading, there's almost no exposition. All of the characterization is based on the actor's aesthetic and their carriage. So you have, you know, one character who's sort of uh, a braggadocio, you know, puffed up peacock sort of thing, that's Benedict. And then, (laughs) right? I mean, he is. Big, proud lion. And then you have uh, McBain, who's just sort of this, like... Unscrupulous. Unscrupulous. chivalrous. Yes. The nonchalantest. Scourge, um, disgraceful and, and so McBain. It's, it's really great because you have this scene that's got beautiful choreography, it's got um, an optimal setting, but you don't need much to get it started. Like, the audience doesn't really need to know why they're fighting, because there's enough you know, loaded in their performances that it's just compelling. And another thing I truly love about their fights is how they they continue their intention and their their the way that they speak to each other and their goads and their jeers of each other at their particular set of skills while they're doing the crazy things on the things. Anyway. It's just fun to watch when they, they're yelling at each other. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh so yeah, I mean, with with the with the order of the acorn, uh, what is the kind of thing? What are the kind of? Uh, we talked a little bit about your intended audience. I mean, what is the uh, what is the hope that uh, you would expect to try and build interest in these kids with uh, live theater specifically? Do you? Um, really, I. The thing I like about the show, and when we put it together, I found most interesting, and this is something that we we started at the top down when we even formed this group before we even had a show to do, Yeah, was really looking at what it was to be a knight and what the tenets of chivalry were. Um, I know there are historical connotations of religious relations there, but I mean, even if, for whatever... The, 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 the tenets that I really chose to focus on in the show are honesty, honor, courtesy, and valor. And really, those are beliefs that I think we all as people should believe in. So mm-hmm. 
I hope people enjoy the show and laugh at our stupid jokes and just generally enjoy our stage combat in action. Um, but they also maybe even listen to the words we say. Absolutely. I mean, Tony, any uh, any final thoughts? What are you taking away from this uh, for this whole group experience so far? I, it's actually pushed me into stage combat a bit more. Um, Excellent! One of us! One of us! Well, one of us! I kept meaning to do, but it never had the draw. And now that I'm involved with this and I'm seeing it in action and working with a group where we have people yeah. who are experienced and I have a better connection... I, I've been looking for a broadsword or a rapier class because that's what I want to learn right now. Excellent, excellent, man. You know, uh, I, I think that uh, I think that those of us who um, I I like the idea that we are coming up with a community of people who are applying themselves to the martial principles behind the stage combat moves mm-hmm. themselves. You know, I mean. John, you, you've done martial arts in the past? Not really. Not really? <laughs> well, uh, but at the same time, uh, I, I feel like that the community that we've started to foster is one of that values authenticity in combat, yes. you know? And um, we're not doing anything too out there. I mean, we're not doing, you know, wushu movies or anything. No, but it teaches you how to move your body, how to be in control of your actions. When when you're swinging yeah. a... What, what is a broadsword weigh? Seven pounds? Uh, yeah. well, on, on the extremely I mean, heavy end, but yeah. Really big one. All right, five. so say a five-pound broadsword yeah. at your friend. You really want to know where that thing is and yeah. what you're doing with the thing. And I feel like that's such a lost thing that we don't teach people anymore. Yeah. I mean, I didn't fe- realize how to move my hips until I was doing a broadsword class with SAFD's certified teacher, Aaron Price. Yeah. And, I mean, it's helped me so much with flexibility and just moving and learning how to fall safely. So when I'm walking my dog down the icy paths and I slip and fall on my ass, I almost don't hurt myself. (laughs) Almost. Almost. So close. (laughs) Indeed. Indeed, you know. Um, So, yeah, uh, any other final thoughts on uh, this season of the Renaissance Festival? Uh, What you guys hope to see uh, your show go to? I hope people come out, see the festival, see our show, see all the other great shows and performers and foods and things that there are to be out here. Excellent. Um, I hope that they maybe are more honorable, courteous, and full of valor. Valorous. 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 I know, <laughs> see, you're so close. I like valorful. Valorful is a good one, though. I it's always okay. make up a version of the word, and it's always wrong, and then I was going to go with valorous, and yeah, then it was right. But, but at least you're pretty. Um, I mean... You know, we, I'm good at fighting. Too. Yeah. You are. You're so yeah. good. Um, we really just want people to come out and enjoy themselves and and find something that they're passionate about and that yeah. they love. And if if this helps create a renaissance, <laughs> if this helps create a rebirth of stage combat locally. Which is um, the definition of renaissance. Yes. <laughs> if we can help revitalize the yeah. community through our oh, yeah. show and through other shows out here, that would be a great success. Fantastic. Because we have such a you know, great community for it here. Whoop, whoop. Indeed, indeed. And uh, okay, uh, before, before I go, uh, I'm just going to go around the table real quick. Uh, favorite movie fight of all time. Oh, God. I'm gonna start with no. you, John. No, I've got. Start starting oh. with you. I've got okay, my, start with uh, you. Okay. Rob Roy, um, Liam Neeson versus Tim Roth, broadsword versus small sword rapier-ish thing. Okay. Favorite love. Not it's not John Hobbs. Hobbs is God. Okay. 
Uh, the OP-1 Kenobi and Anakin Skywalker final fight. I, In Revenge I, of the Sith? I really enjoyed it. Absolutely. You know what? Yeah, it's... I. I I respect that. I respect I that. I have the high ground, Anakin. <laughs> <laughs> you underestimate my power. John? The man of Tai Chi, the two-on-one fight unarmed, where he almost, like, gets destroyed and somehow miraculously survives and then kills the all... The, the big bad. If, if you've not seen it, totally see I that movie. I have not seen this. Man of Tai Chi. It was on Netflix. Keanu Reeves? But, Yes, Keanu Reeves is the big oh, bad, yeah. but still, it's still worth watching. All right, all right, I'm on it. I didn't it. want to give it away. <laughs> I promise I you, man, I'm it on it, I'm on it. Live audience member. Uh, sort of Doom, the forest scene. Sort of Doom? Uh, what, what era was that? Uh, 1960s samurai, black yep. and white. <gasps> oh, oh. The counterpart of Kira Karasama. Oh, okay, sort of Doom. I'm going to have to check that out. Other live audience member. Twelve Masters, nineteen sixty-seven wushu flick. It's phenomenal. Twelve Masters, okay. I gotta, I gotta watch a list now after this. All right. Everybody's learning um, something. Uh, personally, off the top of my head, I probably gotta go with. Um, you know, at this moment, uh, I'm really feeling the uh, the longsword versus scimitar fight from Kingdom of Heaven. Yep. It's just, it's. Uh, <sighs> It's simple, it's to the point, and it, you know, it delivers exactly what it intends to. Followed closely by the uh, uh, Hong Kong fight in Pacific Rim. <laughs> I think we need to do a review of Pacific Rim and the fight choreography in it. I just want to talk about that movie. Don't judge me. All right. Uh, anyway, unless there's anything anybody else has to say. And if uh, you want to see the Order of the Acorn show... It's dueling acorns right now on the grid at 2.15 p.m. on the bear stage. That's but, the stage with the big-ass wooden bear. But double-check the grid. All right. <laughs> Any last plugs by you, Tony? No, I'm good. All right, excellent. Uh, as uh, as always, everybody, uh, please stay safe out there and uh, fight for each other. Take care. Thanks for listening. Now go forth and conquer.